Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's time to chat all things Aston Villa. This time we're joined by special guest Dom Phillips as the three of us assess Villa's loss to Chelsea on Sunday. And we also preview the upcoming game on Wednesday as Villa travel to St. James's Park to face Newcastle United. A 2-1 loss to Chelsea at home at Villa Park on Sunday uh, leaves many of us uh, feeling frustrated and <laughs> probably a various other selection of emotions that maybe may not be appropriate, I guess I should say. But anyways, welcome back to the Holt cast. I'm, of course, here with my good pal, Danny. Danny Raza, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm all right, considering uh, considering what's happened, because the thing is, we, we lost another game, but we've got another one straight away. It's these these fixtures are coming thick and thin. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm OK. I'm sure I'll get over it with a with another win. I, I love our uh, conversation on WhatsApp usually <laughs> because if it's if, there's no positivity when it comes to Villa basically, um, so hopefully we can change that in the future. But who knows with whatever's going forward? But uh, of course, it's not just us today. We have a special guest. We have uh, content creator, presenter, commentator. He's a, a jack of all trades. Dom Phillips. Dom, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, thank you very much for having me on, Carl and Danny. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. You know, as Danny says, despite the defeat, you know, it was against the top four side. It's a missed opportunity, but, you know, with Newcastle coming in, like, just two days' time, there's a fast turnaround. There's a big opportunity to get three points, despite how good Newcastle playing right now. So I'm still pretty good. Good. It's good to hear it. Yeah, so, guys, let's get right into it. As I said before, Chelsea 2, Aston Villa 1. Uh <sighs> It's, I don't know, for some people, it's probably a, a tougher pill to swallow. I think for what I've been hearing on Twitter, if you listen to other podcasts, I think some people only expect us to get a point out of Sheffield United and Chelsea. So I guess for some people, that's a goal accomplished. But for many others, it's frustration because once again, we can't seem to beat a top six side. I think actually we're the only team in the division that hasn't done so. Um, with that being a major concern, Danny, I'll come to you first. 26 mm-hmm percent possession all game it made it a long day for the guys out there what were your thoughts overall and yeah just get into it yeah i mean it's one of those ones where if you play by the strategy that we played by you score the goal and then well by luck right um and then you try to hold on but our strategy of holding on and our strategy of preventing goals from going in seems to be to pen ourselves back in the box and just let the opposition throw whatever they want at us with absolutely no fight back. Uh, I don't know what to say because it's, it's I can't really say anything that I haven't said before. We basically just mm. allowed Chelsea to just beat on us. And then magically, after they scored their second goal, reversed our lead magically we suddenly remember how to how to bring the ball forward we suddenly remember how to keep the ball ticking around and how to create a couple of opportunities and i understand that that's you know partly because the opposition stopped their um you know stopped stopped having to attack but like i don't i don't understand the thinking behind behind uh behind any of it to be honest there were some decent performances in there i liked keenan davis once again um mm. I thought, oh, who else did I think had a pretty decent... Oh, Nealand had a good game, to be fair to him. I, I think, Barring I think that he... one mistake, almost, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 but... 
Uh, Still Gusto Louise probably had a good game as well, to be fair, I'd say. Yeah, Louise had a good game. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. But uh, other than that, man, like, I, I, I'm not quite sure Smith can keep us up now. No. I'll say, I'll say it straight. Let me just start the podcast on that note. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think it's one of those things. It's a, uh, it's um, what's the best word to say here? Uh, leaving it too late. It's probably a theme, Danny. We've uh, said all throughout the season on this podcast, and uh, we're gonna say it again. So sorry to the listeners that are tired of us saying that, but uh, <laughs> what more can you say? Uh, Dom, we'll come to you next. Uh, we'll kind of go on to the lineup here. Nothing changed. Um, I know we don't have the greatest selection of players and of uh, to pick from, and the depth, of course, isn't there. You look at that nine-man bench, and you're thinking, are we a championship side, or what are we here? <laughs> it's uh, pretty slim pickings. What were your thoughts yeah. on Kanza staying at right back? And, yeah, like, what did you expect about that one? I think that's the biggest uh, talking point moving forward. With Al Mohamedi, I don't understand what's going on with it, because... He's, if he's really unfit, is he finished? I don't know what's going on. I don't understand why Conte's getting a lot ahead of him. I will be fair to Conte, and I'll say I don't think he's done that bad a job in our Project Restart games, really. Going forward, he's offered absolutely nothing, but I think that's to be expected when you're a centre-back playing out of position, so I can't really blame him for that. But I think defensively, he's been fairly sound, and he hasn't really looked too out of place. But I think we just miss a lot of attacking dynamics down the right, and I think that's because we don't have a like that player. The whole system as a whole, I think Daniel, uh, Danny touched on it. It's it's just really, really poor, and it doesn't. It stinks of it stinks of, of not not no no courage. You know what I mean? Remember when we hired Dean Smith, and he was all about the best way to stop them from scoring is to box them in their own half. The best way to stop them from scoring is to be attacking them. And now, whenever we get a lead, we just sit back and we're scared to play. We're scared to do anything, and it's just really sad to see the way that I think Smith's abandoned his philosophy to try and succeed in the Premier League. And what you should be doing is building on your philosophy and improving it instead of abandoning it. Because now we're left in this limbo where I don't really see any identity to Villa. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the biggest issue for me is, like you said there, Dom, perfectly, it's it's a loss of identity if we really ever had one. It just, throughout this whole season and campaign, it's just become so evidently obvious that there's no set game plan. Whatever we move to, it just it can't it can't last long enough. We can't seem to uh, get the style of play right. Whatever we do just doesn't seem to come off. And I, I think a lot of people are starting to realize now that with the amount of personnel that came in, did we buy the right players? Was there some miss, missed opportunities? You see a lot of people looking at um, the Trezeguet signing. Should have brought in uh, Ben Rahim, I think it is. I can't pronounce that right. Um, and, of course, you look at centre-back-wise, people saying, well, Gary Cahill was on a cheap. Why wouldn't we go there for some experience as well? I think a lot of things are coming to light now that the club has missed out on, and it's become so evident throughout this season. Danny, I'll come to you next. Mm-hmm. We defended for all of 59 minutes without conceding, and of course there was sketchy moments here and there, and we have to expect that. We're fighting to survive, and it looks like we're just happy to defend and hopefully nick one, and that's it. But two minutes of just shambolicness, I guess you could say, cost us the game. Yeah, but this is it. It's not even two minutes of it. Like It's just the chances. It's a, prob- it's a probability thing. You know, I thought that Mason Mount, you know, he he played really well. I thought I thought he did well, kind of um, coming out the defence quite a lot. But I think mainly it was uh, it was the two wing backs. You know, mainly I'd say um, 
Marcus Alonso had a very good game as well, but they were just allowed to just they were just allowed to keep throwing balls into the box, mm. just allowed to keep crossing. And uh, you know when you when you think when you think about Ezri Konza, was he not supposed to be out there stopping that from happening? I mean Matty Target probably as well. I think if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna sit back and you're gonna pick those um, if you're gonna pick Konza at fullback ahead of Al Mahamadi, for example, then you expect them to really stop that kind of thing from happening. But needless to say. If Chelsea have the ball, they're gonna they're gonna create chances, and I I understand yeah. I understand not letting the opposition, um, you know, have the opportunity to counterattack you, but it's just it's just a silly amount of possession they had. It really is just a silly amount of possession they had. Um, I think we probably should have pressed them a little bit higher up the pitch for, but but I just think that I can't I can't help but think, or I can't help but feel sorry for a lot of for a lot of our defenders. Mings, Target, mm. Hawes, Konza. Uh, because when you're sat that deep, is it because you're told to? I don't know. I'm not sure. But when you're sat that deep, you know, you, you're going to absorb it. You know, where's McGinn? Where is uh, Douglas Louise? Where is Connor Howrahan? Are they, why aren't they protecting them at all? I'll be honest, right? I don't think I saw a single tackle from midfield. Yeah. No, not I, that I, I can th- remember. I think you're right on that one. I can't think of anything on the top of my mind that really sticks out if anything I think it's fair to say guys McGinn was pretty much a I mean who wasn't a passenger yesterday in some aspect of the game I think the biggest talking point here within this whole part of the conversation Dom would be Jack Grealish um what right wing maestro slash right back um having to essentially babysit Konza you're basically not utilizing your best player and right from the get-go like we've always said if you mark Jack Grealish out of the game Villa's basically done yeah it's really sad that we don't even have a plan b but you know even teams with a good plan a use that plan a if Jack Grealish is all we got what we're misusing we're so lucky to have this guy he's champions league level and the way that we're just misusing him by not playing him in, in the right positions and not getting him involved in the game it's pathetic system to cater to Jack better and I know that he's got most of his success this season out of the left but that was on a wild card the way the team is playing right now would be much better in a central role in a number 10 role whether that's as a 4-2-3-1 or personally for me I'd rather see a 5-2-1-2 then that that's what the kind of formation that we need to be playing because Jack either out on the left or at right back or everywhere because he just does everything for Villa at this point defensively he's not getting involved in the games and I think it would suit the team as a whole if we change system from this 4-3-3 which other teams can pass through press through and play through with ease no 100% agree with that I think the thing too and I hey I suggested on Twitter I mentioned this before uh, the recording I suggested I think a 5-3-2 or something like that get your wing backs involved uh, play jack in the middle you can almost play in a diamond in that yes you're going to have to use all your midfielders you have five substitutions to do so but apparently I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about so it is what it is but I think the point is, guys, and Danny, I think you'll agree with this. Sorry to cut you off. Um, Dom, we'll get to you in a second. I think one of the things is is that it almost seems like we're just scared to experiment. And Danny, I think you would agree. Like, what's holding back at this point? Wouldn't you want to try anything? Yeah, this is the thing I don't get. We we know that we know that this is a proven way of us not getting points. We know this is a proven way. Um, of I mean, we look. We we've lost the last. Um, no, we haven't lost the last six or seven games. We've, I think, we've lost six out of the last seven or something like that. And it's like, um, what, what is it? I mean, I just think that 
if you're Dean Smith, you look at Sheffield United, you look at you know some of the other teams like lower down the table, and you think, what is it that these teams are doing to get points that we can't do? Or Brighton, for example, against Arsenal, what is it that these teams are doing uh, that we can't do? You know, why why is it that Brighton can can spin a 94th minute winner against Arsenal in the last minute, but but we can't you know we can't touch Chelsea for for most of the game? I just I just mm. I just think that, and I said this on Twitter, and I, and I felt a bit harsh saying it, but I do feel like this is true because, I, I, as much as I understand, this is a really difficult job for a manager, and I, and and, I, and I'm not a tactician, I'm not a manager myself, but I, it really does feel like Dean Smith's abandoned his principles, which got the team promoted in the first place. Yeah, really does feel like that, and because we we yeah. did well as a team because Jack Grealish likes having the ball, John McGinn likes likes having the ball, they like working together. And they're just not having the opportunity to do that because as much as you can have a go at the players, our defensive line, our midfield line is so far back that there is nothing they can do. Yeah. No, it's, it's too it's deep. A, it's a great analysis, Danny. I think let's well, well, get into well, their goals, guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I think it's lagging a bit, so I apologize for that. But that's what I was saying earlier. So it's like he's abandoned his principles. And if we look at the actual team as a whole, defensively, we used to play high, now we play low. Midfield, there's no tackle, there's no playmaking coming from the field. The only playmaker that we have in the squad appears to be Jack Grealish, who likes to get into advanced areas. And he's out on the left. McGinn d- doesn't look like the sa- looks a shadow of the, his former self. He's not getting forward, he's not getting back. He's, he's, the games are passing him by right now. Douglas Weeds is putting himself about a bit, but he's pl- cutting a lonely figure. And the canvas come on and look useless. Harry Hans had one decent game and one shocking game and you just think we Keenan Davis, good all round, no goals. Fingers couldn't score if they couldn't score in a thousand games the way that they're playing at the moment. I just think we don't we don't have any the positives as a side we don't we're not actually a good team at all. We're shocking. We are just carried by Mings, McGinn and Grealish and we have been all season. And it's a, it's a, it's been we've been found out because our recruitment Hasn't been good enough. Regardless of whether it was all we could do, I think we've really just had a bit better here and a bit better there and a bit more upgrades in our tactical setup. I think if we'd have just had that, we would be well clear of where we are now. And it's just disappointing that it's got to this. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing that we can kind of add into the two guys is I think this shows that you have two different people recruiting two different styles of players. You have Suso recruit, recruiting his men for the long-term vision and you have some of Dean Smith's men in there who also can obviously be for the long-term as well, but you can see who came in for, from who. And I think that's the other issue. I don't think that's a bad thing if it works, but clearly it hasn't. If we move over to their goals now though, because to be honest, the Pulisic goal in the 60th minute sneaking in at the back post, I, to be honest, I, with the amount of pressure and only having what 26% possession, I don't have too much of an issue with that one. You kind of expected something to happen. My biggest issue was the second one because, as Danny predicted on the preview uh, last week, Giroud started, and it's clearly evident how important it is to have a capable striker. Being able to swivel in and out of the box, put in that nifty little shot there, and create his own space. That's what Villa have been missing all season, and it's not really to knock Wesley or Samata or even Keenan Davis, but since the get-go of this season and even going into last summer, we knew we needed more than one striker. And we didn't really address that, of course, a second striker, until Wesley got hurt and we needed one. 
So it's almost like we're just papering over the cracks again. And I don't know. How do you feel about it, Danny? Because like I said before, I'm okay with the first goal. I think it's just the second goal that gets me. What is it specifically about that second goal that gets you, Cole? I, I just think like it's the quality. Like it, it frustrates me because we are defending all game, and it, I think it's almost jealousy. I just wish we had that quality. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's just like the thing is, it's quite direct, isn't it? But you know, you know what 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 really annoys me about that is, you know, we've just conceded, right? And Chelsea, obviously, they've got they've got confidence. Of course, they do. But at the point that that ball has gone in, let me just count actually, right? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players in the box. Our entire midfield and our entire defense are in the box right there. For what? What have you prevented? What are you trying to, you know, in, in comparison to what Chelsea have there? Why do you need all of them back there? I, I just, I just, I just don't understand because it, you know it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. What are you expecting to do once you bring that ball out? You'll just get it'll just get picked off again. It's just it's just annoying, really. Like you know, if if you're gonna have that many that many people in the box, pick pick the pass and you know find find the interception and you know it's just it's just silly because you know we're so far back cold for this goal that um, we're not even in a position to to affect play. Basically, we're that far back. <laughs> the defensive line yeah. is is so far behind the Chelsea attackers and they're in our own box. It's annoying. It absolutely is annoying. There's nothing, and then there's nothing you can do to stop that because, and it, and it takes a bubble off one of our players too. It's overcrowding. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's scathing, but it's like <laughs> it's I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand the defending. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's the quite thing, shocking. Yeah, exactly, Dom. I'll come to you next because mm. I think if we're gonna take a positive out of this whole game, if there really is one, I guess it's the goal. And of course, Courtney Hawes puts his second chance away. Thank God, because you're sitting there thinking it's a mad scramble in the box. Are we even going to be able to put this one away? It does come away, but I think the real um, star since coming back in this uh, pandemic of a world has been Douglas Louise. He's been absolute class. He's just, I don't know, this three months off, it's done wonders for him. Absolutely. I, I don't know what it is, but he just seems a lot more up to the pace. He seems a lot more confident. He seems a lot more like he understands what his role on the on the job on the pitches. Although McGinn was saying in an interview that at the start of the season he didn't understand English, I presume that he has worked on his English because he looks like the player that all season we were saying, oh, he's he, he's one of Pep Guardiola's top prospects. How have we got him? He was the guy that we we were hyped up to see. If he played like this all season. He would have been he'd have been the first name on the team sheet because he has been the best player comfortably since Project Restart ahead of McGinn, ahead of Mings, ahead of Grealish. He's look he's looked attackingly sound. He's played some really good passes around and you know, he's just shown a lot of those a lot of those really good qualities that we expect to see from him from the start. So I'm just really happy for him that he's got going because he's shown he's got all the hallmarks to be a top player. I just wish that we had more players like that at the club, players with, with, with higher potential. Not 25-year-olds who were stuck playing in the Turkish League or the Belgian League. The group was so inconsistent, divided, I think, between like the Tom Heatons and the Tyra Mings of, of um, Smith signings, and then obviously the Trezeguets and the people like that who uh, Suso had a bigger hand in signing. Yeah, I don't no. know if it's the signings. I don't know if it's the signings. It's like, what, 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 what are you expecting them to do? Uh, in, in the way that we're playing. That's what I don't... Smith's never been good at this style of football. This has never been his thing. No, he's, he's I'm not literally... blaming 
Yeah, yeah I'm not pl- I'm blaming just Smith or just the coaching staff. I think that responsibility lies on everyone. It goes back to the fact that a lot of these players aren't good enough for the Premier League. If you don't you think so? Squad, no, I think most of the squad are not good enough at all. I think we've shown that throughout the season when it's been um, when they've needed to step up and they haven't. But I also think that Dean Smith has abandoned his tactics. I think we've got the best Premier League centre-back of all time and a centre-back with 500 league games of experience in John Terry and Dean Smith coaching us. And the the defenders look like they don't have a clue how to defend. But I look at the individuals and I think, well, the wingers aren't good enough. The strikers were never good enough from the start of the season. Midfield, was that really good enough? I mean, McGinn and Grealish were, but... Nakamba sometimes a bit inconsistent. Doug at the start of the season wasn't very good. Defensively, we've been shocking all season. I mean, Engels has been in and out of the side. Konsa, in and out of the side. Hawes is, isn't very good. It's just like, we, we've never looked good tactically, but we've also never looked good I, individually. We've always relied on the carry. I disagree. I think, I think we've got a good set of defenders, personally. I think we've got a good set of players. I just don't think that they're playing to. I don't. I don't think they're playing to their strengths. What defense is going to be able to handle the constant barrage that we've that we've had? I, that's that. That's that's yeah. that's my point on them. And also, well, like, I don't. I don't think the midfield are pulling their weight. El Gar- like for example, El Ghazi, right? I know. I know mm. we're talking a little bit higher up the pitch now, right? But we're we're supposed to be a wide team, right? El Ghazi turns up. Um, after he's been sub- after he's been dropped to the to the bench after for a couple of games, that's when he turns up. When he comes on for the last twenty minutes and uh, and he's scared for his place in the team. Mm. Jack Grealish as well has been fantastic for us all season, but in the last two games, those last hundred and eighty minutes, I'm sorry, but he's shown me nothing. Yeah. Um, John John McGinn, I can't say anything about because he's he's just come back. He's you know he's he's always always looked good. Douglas Louise isn't a defensive midfielder. Um, Connor Howrahan, again, same problem as, as El Ghazi, shows up after he's been dropped for a few games. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to have a go, but you know, they, they, they really, they really aren't doing their work. If you ask me, Nakamba's, oh. Nakamba should be in that team, you know, every, every game. But um, yeah, I just, I just don't think the work rate's there uh, in terms of, in terms of a lot of these players. I'm just worried that we're having a bit of a mini Remy Guard situation here, where a lot of the players know that. Come the end of the season, they can get a move sorted easily. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. That's that's yeah. that's my that's the thing. They may be only maybe slightly slightly too talented to be able to hack the hack the relegation fight. Yeah, well, look at Trezeguet. That news has of course come out today that apparently if Villa get relegated, he's on his way out the door. So in that circumstance, it's kind of one foot already gone. Really, it's so why uh, should he care about keeping Villa up now? <laughs> exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. And, like, to be fair, though, the thing I will give this squad, and, like, although they're so frustrating, of course it's not nearly as frustrating as the previous relegation, but, like, at least they do. Like, you can see some of that care in there. Like, it's, like, you know what I mean? It's not nearly as bad as the last time this happened. No. So I'll I'll take that with a grain of salt. I think the whole thing is, too, guys... Is that it's obvious we came up probably a season too early. Some of these signings yeah. should have been made last season, but of course with the mess at the start of the season, it didn't happen. Manager thing was a whole mess, and even before Dean Smith came in, he wasn't even the man apparently they wanted. There was all those rumors and uh, news reports circulating as well. So there's that to consider as well. I think it was essentially okay. We're here now. We have to deal with it. Um, we want to play this way this many people are leaving 
but we weren't able to get the player. So here we're going to take plan B and C, maybe even D. Still don't have enough wingers, in my opinion, because what after El Ghazi and Trezeguet, there's nothing. Like you can't just you can't play a four three three and have two wingers and then expect I don't know Grealish or whoever to play a wide. It's just there's it's it's almost like and I don't want to blame Dean Smith too much, but it's almost like okay we're gonna play four three three if it doesn't work I don't know I'm gonna try something else but if that doesn't work I'll just go back to four three three whatever is being picked right now it doesn't work because for ninety percent of the team it doesn't fit them for ten percent it probably does but once again it's one of those situations where we've left it clearly too late and to get kind of onto the douglas louise thing again guys it's kind of a shame that wesley wasn't fully fit because i'm so curious to see especially danny i know he's your man crush um Mm -hmm. what these extra three months would have done for him yeah i mean uh if, if if wesley can kind of i mean he was he was actually showing some form wasn't he before yeah, he actually was showing some form before um, before his injury. That was that was what was really heartbreaking about it. Um, I'd like to think Wesley's going to be decent when he's back, but he's not coming back by the end of the season. I, I suppose him in the championship, he'll be he'll be very good. But uh, yeah, I don't know who would you start against Newcastle, Samatra or Davis? That's the question, really. It's starting yeah. to we we really do need to get some goals going, man. That that goal that we scored in the last game was. Like just so messy, but it was a goal nonetheless. But. Lucky, lucky to say the least. Like it was, it was a great ball. Don't like, don't get me wrong about that. But aside from that, like I know he's a center back, but the fact that he needed to, uh, you know what, he almost scuffed that too. So like, there's probably three Villa players right in yeah. front of uh, the goalkeeper, and none of them could really get their foot on it. So. I think I don't know how many times we've had that situation this season where the balls bounce there and we just can't convert. Yeah, we did the one time, but then again, we just sat back and yeah, and, and just kind of waited it out and hoped for the best. But any ways, guys, we'll try to wrap this review up and move on to the preview. But before we do so, Dom, since it's your first time, we'll uh, let you go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, if possible, would you give your match ball to? Martin Lock. Man of the match. Correct, yes. Yep. Um, well, I think the only option is Douglas Louise, I think. Maybe Keenan Davis. I, d- I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think Douglas Louise has been our best player comfortably over the course of Project Restart. Davis has got a lot of all-round play, but I think I think he was next to Hawes and both sliced at that goal. And Hawes stabbed it in, so I don't know. I feel like Doug... Deserves a lot of credit, especially considering he has to play in a low block setup when he's supposed to be a completely different style of player and a completely different system. And he just looks like a player who would be so much better in a team that played actual football, to be frank, instead of the football that we've been playing the past few weeks. Um, Danny, we'll we'll move on to you next. Uh, who would you give your match ball to if you're so kind to do so, sir? Oh, uh, gosh, it's a hard one. Um, Douglas Louise or Neeland? Uh, I'm gonna go Neyland, man, because I think I think if it was or Nyland, whatever you wanna, <laughs> whatever you wanna call it, <laughs> uh, if it was another game or you know that that or yeah that that there's there's more goals going in. I think I think Chelsea 
Chelsea were hammering balls in and I thought he was I thought he was really good at kind of at the set pieces in general I think he was good at dealing with the crosses in general uh, I think he had a really hard job out there so I'm going to give it to him I don't think many of the outfield players deserve it if I had to pick an outfield player I'd probably go Douglas Luiz on to the match review shall we of course because on Wednesday June 24th 6 p.m UK we play Newcastle United at St James's Park this is going to be an interesting one because, of course, we have a, a good record against Steve Bruce's side. Um, well, basically just Steve Bruce since he's left, I should say. But at the same time, Newcastle are basically flying, putting the sword to uh, Sheffield United 3-0 on the weekend. Of course, there's a few circumstances to take into account there. Red card and all that kind of stuff, missing a key player. But then again, Danny, they put away the foe that we couldn't and... With that being said, is there more to worry about from this Newcastle side? Because you'd think they're just going to play out the season. They're pretty comfortable. They're probably not in any trouble, but they're still competing and they're still doing the darnest. No, I think that I think they've been doing a really good job with the Steve Bruce. To be fair, like um, I, I don't know what you think, but they, they've they've literally just. Uh, I think the second half of the season, especially, they've they've really become a different side. I think that three nil victory on the weekend is, is really going to do them, you know, a lot of good. And you know, coming up coming up against us, and Steve Bruce is always going to be out for blood against us. Yeah, that's true too. It it's a uh, you, you kind of think about it. It's one of those things when you go up against the next manager and you're like, eventually they're going to get one over on you. Is this going to be the day? Dom, how do you feel about this game heading into it? I think everyone's kind of pegged this one even before the season restarted as one of the must-win games if we're going to win three or four of them. Yeah, and it is and it's an absolute must-win game considering our recent form. We haven't picked up many points in the first two games. And I think their style of play will suit us. You know, they're not going to come out like Chelsea are in pressure and create loads of chances. Even though they've got a new 4-2-3-1 system, they are going to play a low block, defend, counter-attack and absorb. And that should allow us to get more possession, push up the pitch. So they're going to play us up to a T. What I hope is that we build a strong foundation with five at the back put Davis and Samara up front in a 5-2-1-2, put Grealish centre to get him involved and create chances through that. And hopefully Frederick Gilbert can be involved as well. And I think that's our best chance of winning. But with our recent form, especially the game against Chelsea, I don't know. And considering how well Newcastle are playing, it's it's an opponent that we cannot underestimate. But I think because of the fact that it's a must-win game and we still have Gilbert coming back in and because they're playing spell suits us to a T, I'm going to say... Um, Shot 2-0 Villa. There you go. 2-0 Villa. Well, there you go. Gives, <laughs> um, us, gives us his score prediction already. I like that. Uh, I know, Danny, Danny, how... Danny's ready for, say, 3-0 Newcastle-like. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was just going to go to him about that. Danny, I, I think the main thing we're looking at this, I think some people like myself are probably... Uh, blindly optimistic in the sense ho- and hoping that Dean Smith changes something. Do you think he's going to? Because I, I hope so, but I doubt it. I, I don't think he will. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably, make, he'll probably make a couple of changes out of, out of like, you know, the fact that these players have both, I mean, have, have played two games, you know, and straight off the bat. And, you know, they, they, there's, there's going to be players who are going to want a chance and they'll be asking for a chance. But I almost feel like he'll look at the Chelsea game and think, yeah, it was Chelsea. What can you do? <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. Because we might look yeah. at the Sheffield United game as a, as a success as, as much as it wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, Newcastle United, they're in, they're in decent form, aren't they? They're in decent form. Yeah, I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Samata play. 
I haven't got a problem with Keenan Davis, but I don't think he's got to work too hard in terms of. I don't think we've got to work too hard in terms of pressing the Newcastle back line. They're not going to have that much of the ball, or they shouldn't have too much of the ball. It's Steve Bruce that we're talking about here. But they have kept a clean sheet in their last four home matches in the Premier League. And that's what Villa are going to have to try and break. Newcastle are hard to break down. Uh, personally, if you ask me, I'd, I'd like to see a return to Grealish at number 10. Uh, I just think that it's yeah. it's been a worry for me. In the last game, he kind of looked looked nowhere. And I think part of that was him having to play out wide on the right-hand side because he was basically holding Conza's hand. Yeah, and I think the main thing here for you guys to maybe to consider as well is that they have some quick players themselves. Uh, Alain St. Maximin is not a, a very slow person. <laughs> uh, they have quick wingers, except, of, of course, uh, Jolin can't finish to save his life. But, of course, he scores in the last game right before us, so that probably puts a little bit of fear um, in the fan base as well. It, it, it's kind of hard to be optimistic as well, guys, because if you look at it, it's, what, one point out of the last 18? So... <laughs> I think our time for optimism is running short, but then again, getting something out of this game, especially three points could turn a lot around for us. It's, it's funny how this fickle game works because a few results can absolutely save our season. But Danny, we'll try to wrap this up here. Dom's already uh, gave us his score prediction. What is yours, my friend? Nil, nil. (laughs) 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 I don't know why else. I think it's going to be nil, nil. Look, I don't think our defense is bad. I just think that we conceded against Chelsea because we just let them, we just let them throw everything at us. I don't think Newcastle are that kind of team. I'm going to go nil, nil. So I'd like to see a score and and pick up a pick up a one nil. Um, I'm sorry that I'm not so positive today. I'll save the positivity for the midweek podcast whenever Newcastle actually. Uh, sorry, whenever we actually beat Newcastle. Uh, but one point in our last possible 18. If we yeah. get another point, that's double our tally, haven't we? So I'm go, I'll go for a, I'll go for a nil-nil. A nil-nil, and we'll get the disallowed goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I actually, I don't want to, I don't want to see that because if that happens, that is the last thing Villa fans need right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Still, be, uh, it would be crazy in terms of what we get on Twitter. Yeah, okay. 100%. I mean, I already get enough abuse on there, so let's not make that happen. But uh, if I'm going to give mine here briefly, um, oh gosh, you know what? I, I'm just going to go one all. I, I, as much as we need a win, I just for some reason I just can't see it. Um, it, it it's kind of hard to say because without fans there, empty stadiums, it's going to be. We can look at the Bundesliga. It's hard to assess home advantage and uh, going away is there really a, that kind of fear going into these places not so much so uh, i i just feel for some weird reason i feel like one one but anyways guys we will wrap it up there uh dom and danny thank you to both of you for joining me today it's greatly appreciated of course if you want to check out dom you can go on twitter at dom phillips csgo if you want to find danny on twitter it's at raza journo if you want to find myself on twitter it's at talk aston villa if you want to get involved in the podcast tweet us at 7500 to holt email in at holtcastpod at gmail.com and of course check out the website www.7500toholt.com all together we make up the holtcast and don't forget guys up the villa